It's Superhero, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Okay, I learned of something called the Pyramid of Leisure. I just want to uh, tell you about this. I think I misquoted it as the Pyramid of Luxury. But um, it's a pyramid. It says here, man's use of leisure time, participation broadly interpreted. So at the top, it says infinity. This is on the left side. And all the way at the bottom, it says one. But there's there are degrees below this. Um, so near up here over by uh, infinity, it says a little of each above zero, depending on work patterns, may be good. But too many activities low on the scale are dulling. And in the end, progress and development of the individual and the group are retarded. So, down here, number one and below. Um, over on the right side here, it says antidote to boredom. All right, that's what this section is called. Number one, it's called the antidote to boredom. Within that, these are the antidotes to boredom. This is what one does to, when they're bored. Entertainment, amusement, escape from monotony, killing time. Okay, that's the root. That's just simply the crit- critics of the world, the observers, the, 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 the audience members, those who don't actively get involved, those who sit and just, you know, say what's wrong with this, what's wrong with that, what's wrong with this, and not actually having, you know, not really diving into it. All right, so that's number one. Two, above that, above that, this is this, that's what this, this one is called, a person moved in appreciation. A person moved in appreciation. This is what happens when you, when you cross over to the other side. Emotional participation. All right, so now you're like, you're kind of invested emotionally in, in what's going on. Three, here's the third level. Copying the model, playing the part. Copying the model, playing the part. And that uh, what they do to do that is active participation. So being, participating in the thing that's kind of moving along already. It's just kind of moving along. Now, this is, this is, this is where you, you, you go up from between four and infinity. I mean, there's a whole bunch here. This is called the maker of the model. The inventor, the painter, the composer. And what do they do? Creative participation. The inventor, the painter, the composer, those kinds of folks are the creative participators. They are creating the very world that all of the rest are either watching, um, adding emotional support to, or somehow helping keep together so it's quite interesting this reminds me so much of the uh analogy of leadership the dancing man look this up it's phenomenal phenomenal it's three minutes and look it up on youtube it's phenomenal the dancing man leadership look that up and i've talked about this on the podcast before but i think this fits in with this really well it's if you see this footage of a guy he's dancing out there he's shirtless he's got his uh what do they call them? The like cutoffs, blue cutoffs, his jeans, 
He's just dancing around. He's in his shorts. He's in his cutoffs. Some sandals or something, maybe barefoot. But he's just dancing all by himself. And it looks like it's something at a at a at a festival or something. He's over there by himself dancing. All of a sudden, someone gets up. All right. So imagine him as you know, close to the top here, the maker of the model. All right. So here we have the maker of the the model, the inventor, the painter, the composer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this guy is creatively participating. He's creating it. Dancing, dancing. All of a sudden, up comes a an active participator. An active participator. They're copying the model. They're playing the part. So they're like, oh, I like what you're doing. All right, let's join in. Let's join in. Now, everyone who's sitting down could either be a person moved in appreciation, in which case they're giving emotional participation. They're watching like, oh, yeah. And then there are those who are just the antidote to boredom. They're sitting there. Entertainment, amusement, escape from monotony, killing time. They're just watching it. They're just watching the dance man. They're just like, oh, that's something. That's amusing. Look at the monkey dance. Oh, look at that. Then some of them might go, oh, you know, that's really cool. That person is over there dancing. Wow, that's cool. They they allowed that other person to get in there. Huh, wow. Wow, that looks fun. You know what? I'm going to jump in there. So all of a sudden they go from just the antidote to boredom up to a person moved in appreciation. Okay, they're kind of looking. Now, once again, they are one of these people who are copying the model. They're playing the part. And then that might inspire them in the future to become one of their own makers of the model, the inventor, the painter, the composer. So they are the creative participator. So it's a really great article. I would check it out. Um, it's look at look up on Google. Look up artofmanliness.com. Artofmanliness.com. Pyramid of leisure. And uh, it's it's fascinating when you think about this. That we are built to have fun, to enjoy ourselves, to create things, not just to be the. You know, okay, you tell me what to do. Okay, you tell me what to do. Okay, you tell me what to do. Um, there's something very important about letting each and every single one of us run the ship. If you had it your way, how would you do it? What would you do? And I will follow you. How about that? You, ha- I have given you, you know, all these opportunities to follow me. Here's my idea. Here's my idea. You follow me along. Okay, very cool. We've collaborated. We've collaborated. Now, how about you? Why don't you create? Why don't you come up with an idea and I'll, I'll, I'll support you. So that's something to think about. Something to think about. Thanks for listening to Inspirato Projecto. Before I talk about the podcast techie stuff, I want to know, Kurt, where is the farthest place that you've ever been with Yachtly Crew to tour? Where's the farthest place you've ever been? I think I remember a while ago hearing you guys on a cruise ship for real. Talk about yacht rock. (laughs) Weren't you having to do games with the passengers and such? Oh my gosh, tell us about that. Tell us about that. I don't know what you're doing with this message here. It's always a surprise. And for your listeners, you guys, when you call into any podcast, especially Kurt's show, Inspirato Projecto here, you never know what creative way he's going to use your voice. So be ready. The number one thing to do to have Kurt share your message is, oops, I'm going to get cut off. I'll be right back.
Thank you so much, Superhero, for opening up Inspirato Projecto. Yes, that is, in fact, what you are listening to. This is a variety show of sorts, an audioscape. Uh, you can participate in it, and just like Maria Humphreys from Strong Body, Strong Soul did, you can, in fact, leave me a voice message right here on anchor.fm slash Inspirato Projecto. So you can leave a message right there, and or you can call into the hotline, 561 203 9179 that has no limit on it i think maybe it'll let you record maybe five minutes six minutes who knows so if you got a really interesting story go ahead and um go ahead and call me and i'll shuffle it into the show if you just have a quick one minute you know maybe you got a question for me maybe you have a fun impression maybe you got some crazy quick one minute story you want to say i'll shuffle it right in here so thank you so much maria humphreys for that question yachtly crew did in fact play on the 311 cruise and in fact i do have episodes from when i was on the cruise i like to call them my gonzo tapes uh in the in in memory of hunter s thompson who uh called himself a gonzo journalist i was basically a gonzo journalist uh on a 311 cruise (laughs) disguised as a member of yachtly crew known as stony shores so um Wow, we were out in, in Mexico. We were out there. I think it was seven days, maybe? Yachtly Crew, the first night that we played, it was during, because they have these different themes going on during 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 it. And uh, I think we played three times. Yeah, three, three different locales. First time was, wouldn't you know it, during their costume party. So we were up there, up on the main deck, the same deck that 311 played on, and we're playing at night. Mind you, it's very windy out there. And we are playing. We open up. We open up the show with "Ride Like the Wind." Ride like the wind. Na 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 na. It is windy, and things are blowing all over the place. And we had to have sandbags hold down the um, computer. Uh, not computer. The um, keyboard um, stands and the microphone stands, and the, the drums even had some weights on them. The ship was kind of moving, moving and grooving. And, and I got to tell you, it was so much fun to look out and see all these people in their costumes. Next time we played, we played uh, during their Mardi Gras theme, some more costumes. Oh, gosh. I had so many visions of Yachtly Crew playing and seeing dolphins out in, in, the, uh, in the audience. And sure enough, that was my dream. It came true. I got to tell you, this is why it's so important, so exciting, and so imperative to dream big, 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 dream big, dream big, and go, wouldn't that be funny if, gosh, that'd be great if, boy, I could totally imagine this happening. Man, I would have so much fun if I saw that. And dream, or if you want to call it wish, dream of it in that sense. It's just open, no expectation. Because if I would have expected a certain thing, if I was like, okay, I want to see dolphins um, at a Los Angeles show, You know, I want to see dolphins dance around out there. And I restricted it to that. And I'm not saying that it would not have happened in that way. It could have. However, how cool was this that it happened in an even bigger way, a more uh, unexpected way, on a cruise ship, being paid to play on a cruise ship on, what was it, three different days. And what's so crazy is um, Tommy Bowie, the guitarist, plays basketball with Nick Hexum. Um, in the band. Oh, by the way, when we sang Baker Street, Nick Hexum, we didn't even know. He came up on stage. He was dressed like one of us. He sang Baker Street with us. Oh, my God. He sang Baker Street with us. How cool was that, huh? 
Um, so Nick Hexum plays basketball with Tommy Bowie. And uh, the whole time I'm like, Tommy, tell, tell, him, tell him about the band. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, no. He didn't want to, you know, I don't know, whatever, whatever reason. You know, sometimes that happens. And so, well, then, so then what happened was one of Tom, one of the guys that played basketball with Tommy saw our show, they recorded, and then they showed it to Nick Hexum. They're like, look, there's Tommy's band. And so they planted a seed in Nick Hexum's brain. Now, this is the other interesting thing that we have to remember. That's all part of this extraordinary synchronicity program here is that Tommy, when he was a little kid, he loved 311. It was after seeing a 311 show that inspired him to even pick up guitar in the first place. So here he is playing basketball with one of the singers of this band that he grew up loving. And then on top of that, he ends up being in a band that plays on the cruise that probably he's Tommy's never been on before. These things are expensive. You got to save up quite a bit of money to go on these things. Um, so there we were, we played, we played on the Caribbean cruise and you were talking about with the games where there was one of these stops, you make two stops during the cruise. One of them was Mexico, maybe. The other one was Belize. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting words in the mouth, but, uh, we stopped at this one place and they asked if Yachtly Crew wanted to be included with stuff. Well, we were we were included at poolside. We were dressed up in our our captain's gear, and uh, it was a it was a, it was a pool. It was a relay race, and so I had my own team. My team won. My team actually won. So, um, which was just so great because I was busy trying to podcast the whole time. I was trying to interview the guys and stuff, you know. And I'm podcasting. <laughs> Meanwhile, my team is winning. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I have those podcasts out there. Search for um, Inspirato Projecto if you want to hear any of these. 311 Cruise. Search for that. And that should pop up in the descriptions. That will lead you to those episodes. And you can hear what was going on. You can hear in real time as I'm interviewing these guys, whether swimming back and forth. What they had to do was each time. So they had a pound of beer before they dove in, swim across, put on a banana costume, slam another beer, jump back and swim across in the banana costume, take, slam a beer again, no, take off the banana costume, slam a beer again, and then, and then whoever won on the other side. I mean, that's quite a process. Can you imagine swimming in one of those banana costumes? It's just like, it's just like dragging you down. It was more of a, it was kind of like a, a kind of a shallow pool. Um, you know, some of the guys dove in. It was a kind of a shallow place, but they did, you know, they weren't deep dives. They were, you know, kind of a shallow kind of dive. More of a belly flop kind of dive. But um, basically, just imagine, like, in a three-foot pool, these guys running, you know, people running back and forth wearing these silly costumes. So, yeah, my team won. My team won. Team Stony Shores. And they were called uh, Plan B Survivors. Yeah, Plan B survivors. Each each team had their own names, and uh, oh, wow, we just had so much fun. So now, since you opened up a can of worms here, Maria. By the way, we're gonna get to a, a fun interview with Desert Fox and Foxy Lady from Awesome Sauce Radio podcast and 
Cannabis Conundrum podcast. I had an extraordinary interview with them. However, I just got to say this really fast for any of you who want to see Yali Crew. I'm going to tell you the next shows leading up through May 30th. All right, here we go. Here we go. Get ready. Here we go. April 22nd at the Keep Calm Jamboree, Bakersfield, California, April 22nd. April 23rd, an evening with Yachtly Crew in a Sunset Strip at the Whiskey. The Whiskey. The Whiskey A Go-Go. The Doors played there. Lots of bands have played there. Van Halen, Motley Crew. April 28th, we're going to be at the Ardmore Music Hall in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Now, this is where basically our... You know, our East Coast tour is going to take place. So this, check this out. Three nights in a row. Okay, here we go. April 28th in Ardmore, Pennsylvania at the Ardmore Music Hall. April 29th, live at Del Lago Resort Casino in Waterloo, New York. We did that last year. Waterloo, that's a fun one. 30th, April 30th. Live at Jurgles in Warndale, Pennsylvania. That was great. When we were there, I saw all these signs for all these bands. Slaughter, Warrant. I saw all these bands. All these bands that I grew up uh, seeing, uh, you know, like knowing about. And here these guys have, have played at this place. There are tons, tons of bands that play there. We were there last time we were in the East Coast. May 2nd, Yachtly Crew live at Sony Hall, New York, New York. It's May 2nd. May 4th. Yachtly Crew live at the Beacon Theater in Hopewell, Virginia. Hopewell, Virginia. We played there last time. That place is a beautiful old vaudevillian theater. Oh, I love the theaters. You know I love the theaters. Oh, I love the theaters. Check out the last episode. Speaking of theaters, I interviewed at the Golden State Theater in Monterey. I interviewed Martin Schmidt, who is a sock monkey maker. But he also remodeled, he restored the entire theater. And also uh, that is split with... uh, Cristo Rapolo, who has seen many, many, many UFOs, and he's the subject of two documentaries, Curse of the Man Who Sees UFOs and also The Man Who Sees UFOs. Um, May 5th, we're going to be at the Carteret Performing Arts Center in Carteret, New Jersey. May 6th, live in Atlantic City, New Jersey. May 7th, we have a private event in Connecticut. Connecticut, by the way, did I ever tell you about my idea for a movie called uh, February, Wednesday, Connecticut. Connecticut. Uh, May 13th, we're going to be back in Ventura, which I think might be at the, at the Majestic Theater again. Talk about another beautiful theater. Oh, I love the Majestic. Oh, each of those theaters. Oh, I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. So those are the ones so far. Oh, oh, I told you I'd go all throughout May. Okay. May. So May 14th, private event, Huntington Beach. 21st of May, we're going to be at the Fiesta del Sol in Solana Beach, California. 27th, May 27th, live in Sacramento, California, Roseville, California. May 28th. Live at the Mammoth Yacht Club in Mammoth, California, Mammoth Lakes. 30th, May 30th, live at LA Fleet Week. That is in San Pedro. That's going to be huge. We're going to be out there dressed like these Navy guys, playing for the Navy. Astounding. 
Wow, here we go. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening in Sprout or Projecto. That was quite a brainful. You could have easily fast-forwarded this and just skipped right to the interview. It's a riveting interview. But first, I want to tell you, we got to listen to a, an extraordinary fun fact from Henry D. Horse. And thank you once again, Maria Humphreys, for uh, planting that seed in my brain. Because imagine all this. Oh, by the way, by the way, after Henry D. Horse, Desert Fox, Foxy Lady from Awesome Sauce Radio and Can- Cannabis Conundrum. They, uh, I interviewed them outside of Pella Casino. No, Marquee Theater, Marquee Theater in Tempe, Arizona. They met me up there. They saw the show. They recorded the entire show. They recorded it. I can't believe it. They took photos and they took all this great, all this great video footage. Wonderful, wonderful couple. Wonderful team. Wonderful team. This is part two, by the way. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Inspirato. And now a fun fact from Henry D. Horse. Here's your fun fact. When cats walk, their left front leg moves in tandem with their left back leg. Hmm. And their right legs do the same. The only other animals that walk this way are giraffes and camels. Hmm. Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. So... So Chaz, a.k.a. Baba Booey, and uh, Rob Jones, a.k.a. Sailor Hawkins, they, they had this idea of kind of doing like, I think they saw some pictures of like Yacht Rock Review maybe? I don't know. I think they, they somehow knew about the zeitgeist of like how y- Yacht Rock was, you know, but they were on the cusp of it, you know? So other people have done, I've never heard of, I've never seen... What's in- what happened tonight blew my fucking Oh my gosh, what's so crazy? <laughs> so there's a video series called Yacht Rock, okay? So it's a video series that started on YouTube. There's a whole series of these. And what it is, it's basically like, it's, it's a parody of like, made up history about Hall and Oates and Christopher Cross and Michael McDonald. All the people you're saying. Yeah, and the funny thing is, so the, there'll be like skits where it's like, you know, Hall and Oates are squaring off against Michael McDonald and Christopher Cross in an alley. You know, like they're a gang. Like, oh, yeah, Hall, get out of my face, Oates. You know, and all of a sudden, it's like, it's the untold story of how these songs were born. So it's like through this scuffle in the streets with these with these guys, oh, all of a sudden, a, bo- a song was born. You know, like, I don't know, maybe it was... I don't know if it's a, she's you know, a man. Yeah, yeah, she's a man. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's how that was born, you know? And, you know, maybe the guy's like, you stole my girlfriend. He's like, well, she's just a man eater. Wait a second. Man eater, man eater. You know, that's a was, song. Yeah, that's a good song, man. So it was this I'll be total back. crazy. I'm going to kick your ass later. Yeah, yeah. Stay right <laughs> here. Later. Oh, I got to go write this song. And so it was funny because that, that started, you know, these guys just. We're celebrating these various soft rock guys, and they were calling it yacht rock, because apparently, like some of these guys, they started out in like on a boat, beach and on stuff. a cruise. And so, before you know it, like lounge singing on a cruise. Well, and what was crazy was because of those videos, then there was a band called Yacht Rock Review. So basically, what they did was they just took those songs and that were mentioned in those videos, and they started singing those. So then they were Yacht Rock Review, you know. So it's like okay, we're singing, dancing, and. and, and to you know, this songs. show. And then Nat started all these other kind of other yacht rock bands. So Chaz, Chaz and Rob, apparently they were hanging out in the hot tub one night. They're like, you know what? You know, it'd be fun to do a band that's kind of like this. Yeah, you 
know, that'd be fun. You know, everybody's wearing captain's hats. Yeah, you know. And they just kind of kind of kept brainstorming it more and more and more. And uh, so Rob told me about it. And then a whole year passed. Like, he pl- the, the seed he planted in my brain was, he goes, you know, the, um, the band that's in Blues Brothers where... They oh, gotta go get the band amazing. back together. Yeah. But you know, like yeah. when the, the lounge singers, you know, and they go to, and they're in the, like a lounge band, like most of the guys, and they're wearing these like like velvet like suits mm-hmm. and stuff. Crazy. And the keyboard is like covered in fur, and you know, just like he's like, I'm thinking maybe like a band that's kind of like that. I don't really know totally yet. So within the whole year, it's t- it just kept kind of like you know marinating and growing in his brain. And before he knew it, he had you know gotten found these guys in all these different places. Um, Phil actually he was found at a karaoke place Tommy okay so Tommy the guitarist so they found Tommy on Craigslist Tommy's nice. sister who actually is in this this commercial that's like running on like all the time now this Geico commercial where she's like sitting in a at, at, a, de- at a at a restaurant with the little Geico guy um, so she would go to karaoke all the time and she would see Phil there Phil was always singing he, lo- he loves uh, Queen you know Freddie Mercury is like his his idol, so he would always go to, he'd always be singing in the karaoke, and so Tommy said to his sister, he's like, he's like, I don't know, we have, we have to look for a singer. And she goes, I know of a perfect singer that would be great for your band. So she brought him, she introduced Phil to the band, and, that, and that's how they found Phil. And our very first show we ever played, which was in Dana Point, Stillwater, it was called, wonderful place, great vibe there, and we had a completely different saxophone player. The thing was, was that the guy had already planned with his to, to move with his girlfriend to San Francisco. Like they had already planned it. The, the momentum was already going, and he just so happened to join Yachtly Crew right at this time. And so he was able to play one gig with us. He goes, "Man, I've been living in Los Angeles for like twenty years, and I've been waiting to find a cool band, and I finally found one. But now I'm leaving already." And we're like, "Oh man, do you have any saxophone players that you can, you know, introduce Present us to?" Yeah. And that's how we found Pauly. Um, so each of us have our stage names, and so. You know, I told my dad, I said, Dad, send me a list of just different names you have off the top of your head. I'd love, love to use one of these as my alter ego for the band. And he sent me about five of them, and one of them was Stony Shores. And I said, oh, that's, that's the one. And, <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, so I'm Stony Shores. <laughs> and then <Fuck> since <laughs> Rob Jones is like a huge, like, Tommy Lee and, of course, Taylor Hawkins fan. He just, you know, those are like his drumming Tommy idols. Tommy Lee's awesome. So, so. Rob Jones calls himself Sailor Hawkins, as a play on words of Taylor Hawkins. So, um, Phil is Philly Ocean. Paul, when we met Pauly, we were like Pauly Shores. You know, it's a family band. Right. So Tommy, the guitars, he's he's Tommy Bowie. Chaz on bass, Baba Bowie. So we got the Bowie brothers. Yeah, that's awesome. Pauly, where are you going? What happened? Oh, there's no smoke. Oh, you're going to have a cigarette. Oh, see, like, hey, right Polly. there outside that gate, you're fine. Polly, tell me. <laughs> oh, no, I'm okay. And that, uh, uh, yes, I'm good. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Thank you for the offer. Thank you. <laughs> and so... We're not pushers or anything. We were like, this is great. This is like a family band, you know? So, okay. um... I got you. It was just, you know, I mean, it was crazy because sometimes, like, Stillwater, it was like sometimes a three-hour drive to go out there to gain a point. Uh, our first show for CNC Music Factory, we drove. Yeah, how the heck did you start with the CNC Music the Factory? Way across we the country. Guy. We're friends so, with our hype guy. Uh, yeah, um, 
Yeah. He was on our, our Instagram live And he fucking live loves earlier. the foxes. And wow. So we met through, he, he, he had a, a recording studio in downtown Phoenix. And somebody convinced him to have a weed party there. Cannabis Conundrum was offered a booth there. And so we come set up a little table with shirts and coffee mugs and banners. We didn't even do that. And and people would be like, so what's going on? Most of the time we didn't even do that. We would just show up in our Cannabis Conundrum shirts that we had made and be going, yeah, we're Cannabis Conundrum. Put our phone in. You want to say something about cannabis? You know? And and you just they must have people. loved the fact that they were like suddenly on a whether we used it or well, most of the time we didn't use none of it. Oh, we didn't tell people. Who but we, you know, you want to say something to cannabis conundrum? You want to say something to you know? And and just people would be all stoned off their mind, and they're just wow. Okay, cool. So we got them used to the idea of yeah. speaking into a phone, talking to what you know. You know, but once you break was, that ice with them where they're not judging themselves. But then there's you know. a lot of other podcasters that have their own, you know, off on some other different platforms or whatever yes, that are doing the same thing. Us. So there was like, like microphones everywhere and cameras oh, everywhere. You saying the podcasters, podcasters like, are popping up everywhere in, around you? In, in this community, in this, in, in Tempe, so Scottsdale, donor freaking Phoenix, podcasters. Mesa, it's amazing. There's, there's oh. a 420 community. That has, the whole valley. that has risen up because before they were wreck, we were medical, and the medical laws before that we were all underground. That as long as we were all in one place and all had our cars on a private property, we could share medication. Yeah. So hence, so we had the parties sprung up. So the now we have suck, weed the bingo. party circuit started. It wow. Got interesting. It got really interesting. Once I went to my month? first normal meeting and smoked weed with a with a with the fucking normal some dude, peoples. Some dude who wanted to be a congressman. I'm like senators. People they didn't smoke with us, but they were in the room while we were smoking. We're having this normal meeting to make weed weed normal, but everybody in this fucking room is smoking except the politicians. Oh my god! It was like a big. They didn't. They didn't want any. Any dirt on them. It was they... like the weirdest shit. Yeah, they, it was like the weirdest shit because we're like, well, really? I mean, we're they were there smoke? to bring to the room, vote for me because I'm going to get it legalized. Oh, they were. Oh, they, so they were. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. So it there was, was trying to get the freaking 420 yeah, crew behind there to, them to campaign. We to all us. voted. Do you think if they really wanted to get those people to vote for them, they would actually be in the room smoking with you guys? You think that that would be the but way, they, right? Because then you'd be like, see, no, these guys are cool. That could inspire a smudge the leader, campaign. The leader of normal Against smoked Halloween. said politicians. Oh. Yeah. So There's always those kinds of things. Carlos yeah. Garcia. I was like, damn. He's like right there. Do you want to hit this? And he was like, oh. He's like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> But I mean, it was really awkward. It was, it really was really fucking awkward. Did say, go? Okay, tell me what your, what are your thoughts about like why you want to advocate for this or something. It's actually the first time we came out the closet. We had been meeting these people at these parties and this stuff, and we were in the front row. Let's get front row. Let's try and get some audio. Was my thought. That's exactly where we and both got And Michael our Weiser, who was the head of Arizona Normal, he said, died. "I want." To go around the room real quick. Don't give us a speech. Mm. Just who name. are you, and what is your affiliation with the cannabis community? Why do you mm. want to be in this room right now? Who are you, and, and why are you here? We're cannabis podcasters, and, and so I'm like, are we Gabe and Tam? Oh, are I we felt so. Desert Fox, Foxy Lady. Are we gonna go there? And she was like, do it. 
dude. To and say like, foxy lady out loud in a room full of... I was so fucking humiliated and embarrassed so, because so I'm like, I, foxy I, I'm lady like, don't look like a 50-year-old bitch. So I'm <laughs> like, I'm Desert Fox. This is my wife, Foxy Lady. We run a podcast, you know? Cannabis Conundrum. And they got to me, and I had to do the same thing all, all of, over. Like, it wasn't enough for him I to say it. I started like, really? <laughs> some people were like, oh, fuck. And some people were like, I need to talk to him. And it accelerated. We found ourselves like whirlwind into this big, ginormous weed community. We had no idea existed because we were all smoking weed in our fucking own corners over in our house. You know, Mm. being all even though it was doing our medical or whatever, we didn't. We really didn't know anybody. We went to work. We came home. We, you know did normal shit all these other people apparently were having parties making edibles doing all these things experimenting with all this shit making this big and we just found ourselves stuck in the middle of it because we were cannabis conundrum we're leaving the normal meeting and there was the oldest couple in the room (sighs) vicky and lady is walking with a walker and john and they're like and so i'm picturing in my head when she says it to me, will I see you at bingo? And I'm like... We're like, wait, what? Are we that old? Bingo? <laughs> Are we going to be inducted like, weed bingo? bingo. Are you, you're going to weed bingo, right? And I'm like, I... Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we are. She's like, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm like, no. And and I'm thinking in my head, like like she said. She sent us invites on IG. She had her walker. John had his cane. John's fucking blind. They go to these events. He has macular degeneration, and, I think. And John, she made John this fucking costume. It's a giant fucking pot leaf. So he walks around and takes pictures oh of people, Mr. Marijuana. It's amazing the shit we fell into. Oh my gosh. And so you two shit. are like just the like the, the spokespeople of, of the community? For, for a lot of our community. Because you've got your we, podcast. They must know. There's so many of us at though. There's so many of us out there for the weed podcast community, for especially for Arizona. That I mean, none of us ever cross paths. Like very rarely we will. You'll see the ones with the fancy equipment. We're like, eh, we got a phone. People have found out. People have found out (laughs) like a year or two later after knowing us. Hey, don't forget your water. You guys are. You guys are cannabis conundrum. And I'm like, just forgot his water. Oh, oh, Polly, Polly. Oh, he's just putting You're, his cigarette out. Oh, 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 oh. I'm like, he's leaving so, his wife. Oh. He's going to die. You guys are cannabis conundrum? Why didn't you ever tell me? And I'm like, it's, it's discouraging, the- man. I'm sure you know. Like, you, a lot of people you tell don't give a fuck. What, that you got a podcast? Like, the, yeah, the people close to you, well, your you, friends, you, your family. What's cannabis conundrum? It's a podcast. A lot of them oh. don't listen. To, to what? To my own? To, to our, like, are you saying like to your own podcast? You're to to our people? own podcast. Well, that, and that's why like, I'm surprised when I do come across people who 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 uh, do <laughs> listen to the podcast. You know, it's like what the hell? Like you, you're listening to my podcast? Squeegee it off like into a, the corner. Yeah, totally. It's so funny because I was thinking <laughs> of that same thing. Like. We're, we're for strangers. Like somebody asked me the other day, like <laughs> wanted us wanted us to do a, a thing for. Uh, there's a, a, a local extract company called Goldsmith Extracts, and they wanted us to do this promotional stuff for them. And I was like, I would like, I would like to hype it up. Um, I mean, heck, if if you but, any of those, but, 
but we're not really a local. She was like, who do you work with locally? I'm like, we don't work with anybody. I mean, we, we have friends completely. locally. I mean, I don't think a lot of Phoenix <laughs> really knows no that we have a... We have, show, we have listeners in 76 countries. We're not local. <laughs> we're, we're not we local. There's very few people that know of us and, here. And, and, and a lot of fucking other countries. So, what, so the people would ask you... What, who are your affiliates here or something or what I'm sorry what was the question that they were asking who, who pays us to do our job and I'm who like who do we work oh, for nobody oh. like we're the and top we're the top us. we're the we're, we're the top of the totem pole here. Yeah. Well, no we're not the people that are getting better well the people that are getting better actually have oh, people they work for that oh, has the money they're to back them you asking you who's, who's, who's who do your we show? work for we don't work for anybody right. we don't we're right so then did that what, did that change how they were talking to you then or something? I don't I, know. They're it, still interested. We got invited to a lot of fucking feel it weed out. events. The, the, problem with, the problem with even sponsor national this, sponsorship sponsor sponsor in the United States that. is the companies pay. that we have here in Arizona, you guys don't have where you're, where you're from. Mm. You're in California? Yeah. We have I a mean, lot of California there, companies taking over I mean, there's a lot of California shit. companies that have a different name over here. Yeah. Because they can't cross state lines with it. Yeah. So That's it's hard legal. to really promote a cannabis business Plus, in the United States. Time out. It's expected to cross the bill to the Senate. They're sending a bill to the Senate. It's shot down. Today. Already? Yeah, it's shot down today. Federal legalization. They were putting it across the fucking Senate. Yeah. It, they it shot, shot it down? It's shot down today. Oh, that bastard. I think if any of these people like truly understood the reach that, that you're podcast has and it's it like free marketing it, it, for them it, it I mean it's it's it, like it if you simply look at it as like advertising I mean when that's thought, better than the commercial it's like if you talk with the person directly but who owns this company or whatever like oh my god that's great we had that person on the podcast you get to know this person who owns this business right. like that's pretty valuable you know well we know we know people that do like Video we podcasts. do kind of what we do but and it, it seemed almost like we inspired him. I'm, I don't know if I can claim that, but it, they just want to jack off every single dispensary, and and they want to be a Phoenix show. They want to be not so much because they just want to limit themselves to Phoenix, but because if they do it, they get all kinds of. I'm gonna do reviews on your product. I'm gonna tell people I'm gonna, how great they're gonna it give was. you free shit to say, hey, what do Whether you think about this? Whether that be a fucking smoke shop in their newest bull, or if you could get a company to. There's a lot of people who do that. Trying up their sales. And it doesn't Phoenix. have to just be weed. It could be whatever you're doing. Like you do your and shoes we, and we your, could do that, your shirts and. Listen to weed versus sleep. That shit's fucking depressing. It's gonna hurt your feelings. Yeah. It's depressing. It's gonna hurt your feelings. It was it's a not hard depressing, show to do but it's gonna hurt your feelings. Like we were talking about in the parking lot. There's there's after a while you you, you quit dreaming. So I've always had this thing. I've always had this thing that you know, if like when I was a single mother and working my, my ass off to support my kids, if I wanted and to go party, I knew that if I stayed up too late, I was still going to have to get my ass up, go to work, and push through it. So I've always treated it like, you know, if I'm going to dance to the freaking music, I need to pay the piper. And suck it up and do it with grace. And I've always done that. And now, all of a sudden, it's like... Reduce... 
harms you. I, 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 I have a hard time, like, sleeping a whole night. I'll get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom or whatever, and as soon as my feet hit the floor, I'm off and running. And I can't shut back down. It's like, and, and weed helps me shut back down, but I don't want to be, you know, I don't, I don't normally smoke it in the middle of the night. I just would rather just lay there and fidget and because I, it, it, it is, it is a habit forming thing, especially if you use it for sleep. And I, I ingest enough of it to, you know, cause I have a lot of different pains and everywhere, but it, it, it doesn't help me sleep. And I wake up a lot. So it's an issue. And and it's probably the amount of weed that I smoke that makes it an issue. Mm-hmm. Because you never hit that REM sleep that's mm-hmm. where your body downloads all the daily information. And it re... It, I mean, it, REM sleep is an amazing tool. And you need to utilize it every chance. I mean... But it, it's... I don't ever get that. And and they say that drinking alcohol and smoking a lot of weed before you go to bed is sedation, which it really is because you just get so stoned or mm. so drunk or whatever you just pass out. We mistake that for sleep. Um, mm. you, when you when that happens, you don't hit that REM, and when you hit that REM, it's when your body resets. It's when you download all your daily information. It's when everything starts clicking in your brain. So when you wake up the next day, oh yeah. I got this. I know this. Mm. But when you don't hit that REM, you wake up going, what the fuck? Now what do I do? <laughs> I should take a nap. And and the REM is really important. And a lot of us stoners miss that because we're, we're sedated, basically. We're, we're super stoned or whatever. And we go to bed and, yeah, we pass out because you're freaking high as hell, you know? But you don't ever hit those dream states. And when you do... You don't hit them like you should. So your brain doesn't download. Your body don't reset. You don't get the fulfillment from the REM sleep like you need to. Because that's the most important cycle of your sleep. And and stoners don't get a lot of that. Especially if they're habitual users. I'm going to go try and find some REM sleep right now. I'm going to try and find some REM sleep? Yeah, right now. It's nice to meet you, sir. Great sax playing. I love the freaking sax. Polly Shores, go find some REM sleep. Go find some REM. That's Polly. Download that daily information and just be ready to go on that nine-hour bus ride tomorrow. That's he in the spot. I'll get so much sleep on the van tomorrow for sure. I brought my pillow. (laughs) You know. That's important. You can't get good sleep without your pillow. Nope. It's my own pillow, and Stoney has to climb over it every time he gets in the room. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is he doing here? It was very nice to meet you. What's Until your name? Not Paul, but what's your name? Paul. 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 Nice to meet you, Paul. Gabriel. Gabriel and Tammy. Tammy. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. You guys did a great job. I was blown away. Paul. I gotta that say, was one of the best shows I've seen in over a decade. The saxophone yes. has always I mean, been one of my favorite instruments, and you blow it Everything. Well. <laughs> everything, the, every, the choreography, everything. I'm like... You guys are amazing. I fucking had so much fun. There was, thank you. You got to do this thing on stage tonight. We did, we did. I, I, I caught your eye, I caught your eye. I you saw caught that. my eye. I didn't get a... I don't think I got it on tape. It's a but different I, shenanigans every night with this guy. He, gla- he glanced over I'm like, okay, snake time. 
Well, you know what? What was the whole, like, I'm going to kill you thing? I oh, that's like, the, just can't kill the beast. I bet. <laughs> you know, so we were I good. couldn't get, I tried to get it up with you. I could see if I can clean it up. But you guys were, like, so far back in the fog. Oh, yeah. Amazing. You can see it's, the chemistry, and I love it. That's amazing. It makes you guys way better. Thank you. Man, it's, oh, it really man. does. Oh, to see the chemistry? The uh, chemistry, yeah. Between yeah. Everyone, it's a whole between fucking it, vibe. It's the like whole... you're all brothers, you know? It's it's like you really all came it's from true. the same seed. It's, it's amazing. And, and it's amazing how it all came together, too, because I didn't know any of these guys before. That's what he was just telling us, I, how I mean, he met everybody and how y'all became a part of the group. The I was group. telling him, man, when we, we came it's here awesome. tentatively, I like, I don't know what this is going to be. I mean, the time? fuck the first time, That's first awesome. time. I, oh my god. We saw your guy's name on when the IG I told you when the when the pyrotechnics. I caught it. I got a hold of him on IG. I'm like, when are you coming? When are you coming? I need to go. And he's like, oh, we got canceled due to COVID. I'm fuck COVID. Two years ago, yeah. Yeah. And and then I was like a few days ago. I'm like, dude, you gotta let me know next time you guys come to Arizona. I want to come. He's like, actually, uh, you got two days. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's do this. It was so great how easy it just. Oh, wow. It was amazing. You know, it's just but so I'm good. I'm so glad we got to meet you. And, and isn't it fun how he just pops up out of nowhere? It was amazing. Like, where, where's he? Whoa, huh? What? There he is. You know. <laughs> He's like Definitely. our evil Knievel. Take care, you guys. Good night. Good night, Polly. Take care. Uh, oh, it was nice amazing. Thanks for introducing. Oh my gosh, you are welcome. It was fucking amazing. Thanks for hanging out. Um, Sorry, we like skipped over so many segments right now. Did you expect where you're at right now? I've had a lot of visions that have come true for this band that were initially, um, were, you know, from any sort of practical minded, practical mind. I'm not practical minded by any means. I'm, I'm following by you know my heart, my intuition, whatever the whatever's blipping the antenna. Um, you know, some people are very practical minded. So when you go, oh yeah, we're you know, I I could imagine us playing at the Hollywood Bowl, and then a practical mind might say, oh come on, look, we're look, we're not Bon Jovi. Look, we're just you know, we're just. And it's Pump like, brakes, well, buddy. why not allow ourselves to just dream of that possibility? So there are a lot of just very surreal and just like interesting things that I that I would say out loud it would come true and so it's like I just keep dreaming all I gotta do is just keep dreaming big of these things and it's well you put it in the universe and the universe will grant you your wish and that's the thing and it's usually like one of those things where it's like wouldn't that be funny if or boy I would be it, I, I can't wait to see how you're gonna mystify me with this one universe <laughs> boy that's gonna be so funny how you you surprise me I know it's gonna be perfect you ain't gonna, gonna pull be this one <laughs> cause yeah. it has to happen like it's, it, my favorite analogy is the placebo effect. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even more dangerous, the nocebo effect that you can get when you, I mean, especially this year, coming out of COVID and all the shit. You know what? I love the fact that you said the nocebo. The nocebo effect. Because just placebo almost gives this idea of, please, like, please, may I please have this? Like, like I'm, I'm, I believe in this thing. Nocebo is what? Like a negative type of thing? Is that what you're kind of saying? Like a negative? It's, it's the like a same nocebo? thing, just the opposite. I mean, I, if I believe that the sugar pill is going to give me the drug. Yeah. If I believe that this fear is real. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, uh, w- the there's a thing called a, a thought form. 
you a know, thing called a thought form. Yeah. Um, what is it? What is his name? The Slender Man. <laughs> they were doing all. They were all the people in the Slender Man cults and weird shit. And what? enough what people in this town believe that this mythological thing was real. And it. There's videos of dude, like. <laughs> what? Oh, the Slender Man. Oh, the Slender Man. That's, talk- that's oh, what that's everybody. Talking about, the cryptid kind of guy. Yeah, and everybody said that's why he has those because Sometimes enough people they will the sightings him. happen because you're you're, you're we, bringing it into we, you're pulling it out of the ether we created that exactly oh my gosh not, oh my not us necessarily but well people matter. it's created that well enough if we look at the track record of those enough people think it's real it's gonna i mean absolutely has to manifest real, to well i mean imagine this it's just like you know like with when you hear about voodoo or stuff like that the voodoo works because the person believes that I'm doing this ritual and now you're cursed, you know? And like, oh no, I'm cursed. Because you know, they you, did this ritual. You're and deliver that, it in such a demanding way that I'm like, oh, <laughs> it takes you, over oh your my God, they just hexed me. And, and all it takes is an agreement to believe in that reality. It's but if you don't, matter. right. And that's why it's so great to know that, like we were saying earlier, your reality exists, your reality exists, my reality exists. And you know what? Here's where the Venn diagram is. Here's where those kind of agreements happen. Between these separate realities. Right, right. Because it's funny, especially like... We to, all come together eventually. Yes. Well, and what's great, too, is like when you find yourself being someone who follows your intuition and is really after authenticity, it's a very good beacon because then you start those people who have the authenticity. They come forward. So it's it, so it changes it from one of these victim mentalities that so, so many minds out there are like, oh, gosh, there's no good people out there. I hate people. There's no one that's good. It's like... So okay. Of course. And all these negative dicks are going right. to come into their process saying, right. you know what? I'm here to screw up your world. Right. Because they're making space for that. They're making room for that. Yep. All I all I always ever get is this. The okay. Great. Yeah. You will like, always it's, ever get it's that. You know? What is Ida's? The universe speaks Ooh. vibration only. And if you're negative, that's what you're going to get back. That's so Doesn't true. Doesn't speak that English, so Spanish, true. Chinese. What is Ida's? I love it. What is Ida's? That's good. That's good. It's Abraham. It's not me. Oh, I didn't know Abraham said that one. What is Itis? What is Itis? Abraham's amazing. Yeah, Abraham is amazing. Abraham, Dolores, uh, Dolores Cannon, and Bashar. Uh, those are some of my biggest. Well, of course, the Seth Speaks book is really, really good. Oh, Seth, Seth was good. amazing. Bashar oh kind of fell off. Seth was amazing. What happened with Bashar? Uh, Bashar kind of fell off. He? Like, what? Like, he disappeared? I haven't seen yeah. or heard anything new from that guy for a long time. A documentary called First Contact actually is on Amazon, and it's great because it's all about they, – they hook him up to these these machines and stuff. So when he goes Where into his meditative it? state and he's, like, channeling Bashar, you see, like, how his brain is lit up like pure gamma, like, you know, it's like, whoa. He enters a purely different state, and it's so cool because it talks all about his, his history. You know, it talks all about, you know – and it's great to know that that's out there. Because My favorite Bashar was the the substitute teacher. What 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 was that about? Um, there was a kid from his planet that was kind of like an intern of his, and he had he was like he he primes the audience. Bashar does like there's this kid. He has no idea about anything about your culture, so he's gonna ask questions and just answer all of them. Whether you believe in it or not. And the questions and the back and forth between him and the audience. Because he was like, wait. You guys 
Explain to me what is this word debt? Explain to me what is this government? What What do you mean? Uh, I, I just ran. I, Man. I love it because he must have helped you dismantle up, all these social constructs, all these up, things. Because there's so many things that made no fucking sense to him. And I'm like, hey, man, it makes no fucking sense yes, to me Yes, yes, Yeah, well, I think that's what happened with the quarantine. People really started seeing social constructs in a big way. They became very apparent. Yeah. Here's the social construct, and here's how it's all an illusion. You know, yeah. and all those social constructs disappeared because all those famous people, guess what? They were like everybody else. It went, it put everybody on the same level. You sit, you sit, you stay, and you're not going to go out. You're going to just sit there. And it forced people to sit with themselves and have to reckon with their own, you know, the dark night of the soul type of thing because maybe they're used to being out and about and losing themselves. After a few weeks, some people started to lose their <laughs> Yes, and then some people made amazing art and some people, like, just awesome things started coming about. And it was, like, amazing to see... Look what we could do if we had our own fucking time. Yes, well, and then also, like, like, like you were talking about debt and all these, like, huh, what's that? It was great because no celebrity, nobody cared what the celebrities were doing or not doing. You know what I mean? Who cares? Nobody cares whether you got cheek fillers, lip fillers, whatever, whether you stamped on eyebrows, who knows? Who nobody, you know, everybody's looking like haggard and like, ah, you know, even these talk show hosts, they're like, they're doing it from home and it's like they're in their pajamas and stuff. And I think when people realize, like, whoa, okay, where are we getting income? Well, we're going to have to go remote. That's our only option. How interesting was that? It took something so extreme in order for these businesses to even try to adapt that idea of a possibility of going on. Because they were just going to go straight on ahead. Okay, no, you come into the office, 9 to 5, this is how it is. But once that quarantine happened and people were like, uh, why are we doing 9 to 5 jobs? You know, a lot more people were waking up to this and going, no, 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 I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. And then guess what? It stuck employers in the seat as the interview, uh, the interviewee, because now the people. What do you need to getting, stay? Uh huh. What do I need to do for you to make you want to? Exactly, stay with exactly, us? exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now that now now we're interviewing them, going, okay, well, what can you do for me since you're the employer and you know I'm going to be working for you? What can you do for me? No, no, thank you. You know, or yes, no, that's a good one. No, no, thank you. Check it out. There's this other job that I'd applied you know, for so that they hit me up. And they were like, they offer me like three or dollars an hour, then I get here. But here's the cool thing. I only have to work nine hours a day and four days a week. Wow. I don't know. What are you just thinking? Just a random... What are you thinking? Are you going to do it? No, no. I'm, that was just off the top of the head. That was a hypothetical. Oh, you're so, I see what you're saying. That was, <laughs> you, that was purely improvised. I can't oh work my a God, regular dude. job you were, where you I were have so, to be somewhere. You were so committed to this. Oh, my God. I'm like, dude, great actor. Um, yeah, those kinds of in the quarantine, what? people realized those social constructs and they fell away and they're like, no, I don't want to do nine to five jobs. I'm going to. And then a lot of people, they started opening up Etsy stores or they started painting or they started drawing or they started making T-shirts and they started making they some money off of their the own talents. They shit out of stuff. Mm-hmm. They created the shit out of nothing. I saw people. I can't think of a single fucking reference, but the, the matchbook dude, he made crazy shit out of matchbooks and I then set him on perfect. fire and. Weed, per- weed perfect. Weed is, perfect is, a friend is an of amazing ours. creature. He rolling weed is his is his art form. That's his medium. I've seen this man make a marionette puppet that worked. Had an AK forty seven. It had camouflage paper. And it was all smokable. And it had a freaking 
a smokable marionette. made out of gold paper. And then it was 100% smokable and it was 100% operational. Oh, it's what gone. the heck? And it was fucking amazing. I, ha- uh, I, I just turned off my phone. I don't have it on my phone. He's gone from he's IG. He's gone from IG. So I can't get it from him. Um, but yeah, he... He got kicked off of IG probably because he rolls doobies out of, you know, makes... Like, he made a number 50 that took about a, a, a half an ounce of weed. Patrick, we live on a planet. A number 50. Him? What, for his 50th birthday, we sent him a half ounce, and it was in the shape of a 50. That is so cool. And it would have been a smokable blunt had I not stuck we, it in one of those suction things that sealed it so it wouldn't be smelly and in the like, mail. dude, it was so packed. Amazing. It packed it so full they couldn't smoke it. They had to tear it apart because it sucked all the air out. I mean, pressed it into a brick. I got to say this, you know, through the podcast, like, there are two avenues I want to talk about. One is the fact that we both happen to know we live on a planet, Patrick. Like, out of all I the podcasters like, out there in the universe... The same thing with Maria, strong body, strong soul. What the hell? How the heck did this even happen that we happen to know out of all those podcasters, see, that the universe is like Before we met bringing you, us together. we were in cahoots with Patrick and Maria. Astounding. <laughs> Astounding. You know, it was so cool because... Um, we all contact, we were all in contact because of Anchor. Isn't that beautiful? Like, isn't that crazy? All the different interesting people that we have learned, we have met, and from we've Anchor. learned from, from Anchor. Like, I interview my Uber drivers all the time. I'm like, okay. You know, I interview, I meet all kinds of cool people. Yeah. Because everybody, you know, I treat everybody like as if they are their own universe. Right. Each well, person is their are. own universe. They with are. All these stories. We can walk down this fucking street together and have completely different experiences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, how interesting is that? <laughs> how crazy is that? It is. We all are on our it own is a total choose your own adventure. However, we perceive shit is how we feel it. And it could be completely opposite from your neighbor. I just saw this really awesome uh, meme. It said something like, We don't see the world as it is, we see the world as we see ourselves. So, the way that we're taking in the information. You know, there's there. It's all neutral. Yourself, it's all neutral like information. But it's what you know. What are my what are my belief systems? What are my you know? Oh, am I getting offended by what he's saying right now? Is this offending my religion? Is this offending my you know whatever, my heritage? You know, <laughs> you know. And it's like oh, what, you know. It's like, or you can look at it and go, oh wow, interesting. This is a really interesting opinion. Tell me more about this. You know, and 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 just choose not to be offended and just go. This just happens to be just information. That's the difference. Somebody who just shuts out everything because they're opposite. Mm-hmm. You meet people there's that you hit the. Closed-minded and there's open-minded. Hit, closed-minded hit. people ain't gonna see past that perspective ever. True. They're gonna be like, "Oh no, you're going into this other area, so I'm gonna go no, you're going inside and eat area. my bombides." You must yeah. belong to a cult. Oh my god. <laughs> I always, I always and enjoy talking to them. Well, I love the people, the explorers, the adventurers, the fringe, you know, uh, oh, we're fringe. Oh, uh, you know, theorists, <laughs> explorers, all that stuff fascinates me. There's no, um, I can only, I can only be offended by a conspiracy theory if, if, if I choose to believe it's a conspiracy theory or if I want to look at it as maybe someone did good detective maybe work on something. Fact, yeah. Maybe someone, you know, it's so funny because and I so say many, this a lot to my friends, like the fact that like all these like crime shows where people 
will watch these things, like these true crime shows. Like, oh, you know, and they're they're like detectives. And they're trying to solve it and stuff. And it's like those a lot of those same people are calling people who do that same stuff conspiracy theorists. Yeah, it's like wait, hold on, well, hold on. These people here, these de- these people are detectives. They're following the money trails. They're asking questions. They're curious. They're seeing connections between things. They're they're going, oh, wait, these relationships are these relationships. That person's married to that person. Wait, hold on. This person is – and they're putting connections together, together just like a detective would. So why – like why are you putting that label over here? The only way that you would have put that label on there is because someone told you to put that label on this mm-hmm. particular kind of information. Well, and who told you that? Well, News, of course. It's called and programming. Yes. We, we were all, we were all we fact-checked a couple of years ago on some stuff that's all Mainstream. facts today. Exactly. You know what's so funny? There was another awesome meme that I saw on Instagram that said, the only people who have been right over the past two years are the conspiracy theorists. <laughs> and I thought, and that's true. Absolutely. Because so we've done like, our research before all this bullshit well, came out. And at one point, so we knew about it. At what point are people going to like finally wake up to that and go, oh my God, here are like, you know, 10 out of... 15 of the things these these conspiracy quote conspiracy theorists have have figured out and now have been a, maybe I should j- turn my ear to them and listen to what they have to say maybe, maybe I should I start need to buy a tinfoil hat too right right <laughs> you know it's like it's like you'd think that maybe they'd start listening to those detectives and go uh, here it is you the know the news has got them brainwashed yes, it is. I mean yeah. the, it's programming from PBS to night nightline I mean whatever is out oh my there. gosh all of it like it's there's a uh, <clears throat> the only thing about PBS is it teaches your kids how to spell and that you shouldn't be mean to this person. But you want to know something crazy mm. is because I have grandkids. But I gotta say, Mr. Rogers is legitimate, and and so is Sesame Street, as far as I'm concerned. If you just kept those on repeat all day long, you'd teach you every absolutely everything that you'd up. need. I know, but I'm just saying the old ones, the old ones. And you were to play that every day. Oh my gosh, it would be every single thing you'd need to know on how to be a exactly. good human being. To yourself and to others. I learned everything I needed to know about being a person in, in freaking kindergarten. That's where you learn camaraderie. You learn how to mm-hmm. be a team player. You learn all these things from other mm-hmm. kids. You learn everything in kindergarten. And this was there was like this whole big thing. is everything I needed to know about life I learned in kindergarten. And it, it went oh through and it told you. Washing your hands, you know, about hygiene, all these different things. And, and I'm like, wow, that's a little true. What is that? What's Thank you, Mark. Um, so, there's pretty much anything but whiskey. <laughs> it's like the one thing. Whiskey and bourbon. Oh my gosh. But I, so. With you following your heart and following your, you know, your, oh, would you like a beer? You're okay with beer, though? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah? I don't um, want to drink all your beer, though. So. But, like, through, through, like, just following your intuition, doing what comes natural to you, doing what you love, it sounds to me like you've had great success in meeting, like, having wonderful relationships and, and, and meeting all kinds of great people. And... You know, enhancing your perspectives and being educated, huh? There's a lot of research. I mean, you hear people talk about things and and you brush it off and then shit starts getting a little weird and then you decide, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna research this because I wanna know for myself if these people are blowing smoke up my dress or if this is actually a legitimate complaint. Like 
the whole COVID thing. Yeah, there might be something out there. But, do your research. Because, I mean, every year we go through flu seasons. There's two of them a year, at least. And, and they all communicate around the same areas, like, at the same time. Because you're all subjected to this certain environment. Your body has to purge all this bullshit, which is why you get sick. You start everywhere you start throwing up i mean there's all these things you're you're getting rid of all this toxins in your body and you're all doing it around the same time because you're all ingesting the same bullshit because you're all geographically we all go through you're all connected um so if you're sick i don't get the flu from you i get the flu with you so so there's Um, one thing you gotta know is first of all what is a virus Secondly is, how do you get a virus? Where does a virus come from? Mm. You look up those three things and everything you hear on the news now is null and void. The conspiracy theory that comes true in the next three years is that gonna be a lot of people dying of all those fuckers are going to get brought up on charges. From Biden and his cohorts to, I mean, where's Fauci? Fauci's in hiding because a lot of stuff has come out about Fauci and he's been getting a lot of hate mail and a lot of death threats. Because a lot of people, I mean, he's he's on there going, oh, y'all need to wear your face panties. And then on another freaking episode of Fauci in the house, he's like, oh, they don't do anything to protect you. And, and the funny thing is, is, if you look on the packaging, when you get these face panties, it tells you right on the packaging not effective for um, all these things that it's supposed to protect us against. It, it, there's so many little micro things that get through those masks that if that was an actual thing, whether you're wearing face panties or not, you're going to get sick. The funny thing is, Killing me, man. most people ain't getting sick. Yeah, there's a lot of people that got sick. There's a lot of people that died. But every year, people get the flu. A lot of people die every year from the flu. It progresses into pneumonia. If you have comorbidities, it's going to amplify those comorbidities. So there's all these things that play into it. But what they're not saying is a natural immunity is the best way to combat it. They're saying, oh, you need to get these um, RNA, basically gene therapy freaking shots that are laced with all these horrible things that you really don't want in your body. And, and they can actually relate. Every, everything that people are dealing with to now, now as far as illnesses, chronic illnesses, can relate back to the, the vaccines that they got when they were kids. And it's just getting worse as we go on. The, the vaccines are getting more tainted. The results from the vaccines are worse. I mean, and there's a lot of people not surviving just because they're, like, washing their hands and doing all this shit constantly. They're not letting their body form these natural um, antibodies against these natural things that occur in our life every year. It's, 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 it's crazy. And I just have to tell people just to Google what, what the hell is a virus and how do you Probably get it? Probably duck, duck, go. Google, Google Don't Google shit. Yeah, I mean, Duck, Google, duck, go it. Google's like a Q-tip. Um, everybody buys Q-tips, but nobody actually buys Q-tips. They're all <laughs> cotton swabs. Yeah. You know what I mean? I see what you mean. Nobody right, buys right, right. cotton swabs. It's everybody like they buys say in Q-tips. The, in the South, like, I need to go buy some What do you Q-tips? want to drink? Oh, I have a Coke. Okay, what kind of Coke? A Sprite. Right? They just say Coke. like it's, Or like a... 
Kleenex, right? right it's like right, that yeah. type of thing, right? right? I'm going to buy some Kleenex, not and every, nobody actually buys. Not I every mean, cotton swab you clean your ear with is made by Q-tip. Right. So when people but say, everybody Google, calls just it a Q-tip. Search engine. Yeah. 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 I, I and that's very that. clever. That's a very clever, you know, sort of mass hypnosis kind of thing. And this, and some, but it's something but it's I want to say. It people, is. people feed on that. Do you, do you know, it's marketing at the at its best. Mm-hmm. Do you know why we call them soap operas? Why? Because nobody wanted to buy Dawn and Tide and. In the twenties, the fucking they soap companies with water. got together and said, "Let's make a show." They used lye Let's to teach clean their no. bodies. Well, I mean, all clothes. the women stayed at home in they the twenties and thirties. They used people had been doing soap. things through generations and generations and generations and a lot forever. That's all their family knew. It was passed down. This and is so how we wash clothes. This is how we wash shit. This is how we. Do everything. We got this new stuff companies. on the market. So, yes, we got this new that stuff would be an on the awesome market. Movie we want to do, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be an awesome movie to do. The, that's, that's you know, true. it's the history of soap the operas. The reenactment. But, but yeah. wait, but what you do is you show all the people who like the soap company, like CEOs, they, whatever, coming together. They're playing poker or whatever. They're coming together like we need to have people buy our soap. How are we going to do this? No one's buying our soap. Man. Nobody wants soap. to buy our soap. They're using the out there. They're using what a lie. They're not buying the soap. What are we going to do? Ah, make some TV shows. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. Well, my wife loves those romance. Novels. Uh huh. Tell me more. Tell Let's me more. Do a drama. <laughs> ah, yeah, a motion picture. Drama. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a picture. I love it. I love it. We'll a series of pictures. Soap in the middle. Like who ain't buying this? Like who ain't buying toilet paper? You know. So they just dump as all the things as that the no TV, one really wants to buy. As there? soon as mm. the TV was available for was for the average candy. American, cleaning products. You know. It was all cleaning it, products. The soap. The soap industry was the first investor. Which is why they're called soap operas. I never knew that. Because it's a a dramatic... The the, the term soap opera, I don't think, took hold until after the Second World War. It's a dramatic romance novel taking place on your TV with a few strategically placed buy my soap or your shit's not clean. You're you're a dirty person if you don't use this. And and it was all like a, a brilliant marketing scheme, which now... We call them soap operas, and everybody buys Tide. No. To the to the to the listener at home, take this challenge. Listen, watch <laughs> watch ten minutes of a soap opera today, yeah. tomorrow. I don't know what time of that day you're watching, fast. listening to this. <laughs> but I want you to not listen to the dialogue, but yeah. try and figure out what products they're trying to sell you in a oh, ten minute segment. Maybe, what if maybe they shut off the volume, or should they keep the volume on? Should they just uh, watch well, the body I mean, language? You, would they still pick it up, or should they listen? You, you can probably pick it up, but I would, I would, I think I would was, want the volume. If it was just that. a body language, you would have to play, pay close attention yeah. to. Because somebody's going to be like, "Hold on, I have about. to get my Casio watch well, so I can." Other, you know, but I this is the other interesting thing. You'd think is, on those it, soap operas, the ladies would be like, or whoever would be like using soap all the time. They don't. Well, it's 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 a it's, it's a facade now. We we know what to do with soap now. Soap industry is huge. And now right. there's other products that we're selling. Oh, right. And you'll find them. Co-tex, and then when you do, hit campers. up inspiradoprojecto at gmail.com. That's right. That's right. I mean, they're, oh they're, aver- they're selling so many other things. <laughs> I love it. And that's, that's all the advertisements are. Is it's, we're, we're in a consumer world, and you must consume this, or you're well, dirty. You I must was just consume thinking this, interest- or your neighbors are going to go... <gasps> Yeah. smelly kid in the class, you know? Right, right, because they're just repeating what they saw in the commercial. Right. You know, it's like, 
Here's what to do if someone is using a different detergent than you are. Act like this, you know, so everyone... Don't like, you oh, wish everyone used dial? Yeah, right? Yeah. That's a prime example. Don't you wish everyone used dial? See, because they're implanting that in your brain. I don't they're, they're, like it's like a, soap. They put they the question mark so in your brain. good at it, though. Yeah. Don't you wish everyone so used good. dial? Mm. Yeah, right, exactly. Oh, my People gosh. like, damn. Well, I was thinking... Not, not only... Do you oh, want to wash? Not only do you want to wash with dial after that, but you're now actively looking for people who don't. And if they exactly. smell bad, you're like, you need to go use some dial. Exactly. Oh my gosh! You know, so or coast the eye opener. What are you tired? Get some coast. Oh right. Remember right. that commercial? Oh yes. And then for the people who like to whistle and sing in the shower, there's Irish Spring, of course. Right? Yes, Irish Spring. Yes. So it's like, hey, I you sing in the shower. I'm Irish. I should buy Irish. I whistle. I'm that person. I should buy some Irish Oh, my gosh. That is so true. It's all intertwined, and it's all about the message they give you, when they give you, and how they send it to you. Well, I was thinking for the biopic, for, like, the history of the soap operas, what if it actually was, like, a musical, like an opera, and you call it Les soap, or les soap opera, you know, and it's like it's totally like yeah 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 yeah, you know, like total... parfum toilette. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, eau de toilette, because then it can, yeah, like a French opera, and uh, and les so and it's like do you you don't have the soap, do you you know, but then it turns into this thing you of like yes. And it's all about the, the executives getting together. This guy stinks. We need to send him some zest in his locker and give him a subtle hit. <laughs> right. You smell bad, homie. Yeah. You need to take but a bath. But people aren't buying the soap. What are we going to do? And, you know, and then that's when they start coming up with the idea for the soap operas and like putting those out there. That would be kind of interesting. That's Reminds how they did it. That's how they did it back in the day. I mean, that's just astounding. There's a country in South Africa that in 2019 launched a campaign to encourage people not to poop on the street. They 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 got they got plumbing in 2016. So up until 2016, 2015, 2016, a lot of people had never seen a fucking toilet before. No way. And it was actually a singing fucking toilet. They're kind of like the homeless, (laughs) you know, they walk around, they piss wherever they want to, they you know, excrement wherever they need to. Downtown area is horrible. Whoa. There's a whole department that's dedicated to cleaning up people's piss and shit off walls and shit downtown. That's true. That's a true story. So so these people at their homes or whatever, like, so they just got to always figure out where where that's going to happen on their property. They go outside and piss on walls. Like, you can go down through certain countries and walk down the streets of the city streets. They spent two. And it smells like urine and feces because everybody pisses on the wall. Whoa. They spent two billion dollars on a campaign. Hired actors, um, the whole nine. Um, there was a, a commercials that came out, some of which like regular people and some of which the fucking singing animated fucking toilet. Oh my gosh. I will find it and send it to you. It's amazing. I have right? it somewhere. I think it's on I my computer. I will eat your poopy. I will eat it. <laughs> I'm your friend. Yes. You know, yes. Please don't poop on the sidewalk. Give it to me. Is I will eat it. Like a cookie monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You're like a cookie. Oh, God, that's great. Like the poopy monster. It's like the poopy monster toilet. <laughs> me so hungry. Me want poopy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tony just got mind fucked. Oh my god. 
Hey, Kirby, I want poopy. I'm the talking toilet. And it's like this talking toilet. So that was in the commercial. Did it work? I, Probably. I don't know. So, I don't know. So you're saying like in what, 2016 or something? Then no, they in, got plumbing. In, in 2015, they started to get their plumbing. In 2016, allegedly, they all had plumbing. Um, allegedly. And then in 2019, nobody was... Internet. There were still people not using the toilet. Like, it wasn't natural. Like, if I'm at home in my house, I will use the toilet. But if I'm out and about, it's, I've been squatting my whole life. I could squat. Have heard of, uh, Ronnie Sam Perry off of Anchor? Huh? Ronnie Sam Perry? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, what's his... What's his... Um, native... Radio? Native, native, native radio, something radio. Huh? He's rocking. he's on anchor. He was on anchor. He sounds slightly familiar. He he lives way north Canada, like right on the border of the the ocean, like way up north. Oh. There's, there's there's this little valley that he lives in. There's four different communities. Oh. There's no internet. There's no cable. There's no, no a lot of things. radio. They just, well, actually, they just got internet, like, two years ago. Whoa. In his community. And he's like, before that, I started this radio show that would go across all these four communities so they would have something to listen to because he had internet uh, somehow or had all these, he had all Whoa. these DVDs that he was playing on live broadcast to all these little communities. And now Whoa. he's like, oh, Greenville, BC. Greenville, BC radio. Because he, he lives in Greenville, British Columbia, which is way up north by the freaking top of the ocean of North Canada. And he said it takes him two days to get from his house to the Canadian border of the United States. He said... Two days? Two days. The way he described it was they were in a spot kind of no like us. There's like no... we have the valley here and you can't get out this motherfucker without going through the mountains. Oh. Um... Same or thing go out the ocean. Where, where you he gotta is. go out the ocean. No, the, I mean we're surrounded. The whole valley Ronnie is surrounded Sam by Perry mountains. Ronnie Sampere is super cool. He's super cool. North, south, east, west. You're going through a mountain. So he, so he's figured out how to make make it work. Where, like, I, the, that's what fascinates me about. He bought living. CDs like, and broadcast them on different things that they had available in his communities to all four different communities to, in to his him, valley. To him, it's not off grid living. That's to him, it's like he life. knows nothing different. Right. I mean, that's incredible. Life. Can you imagine what it would be like to discover what the rest of the world is doing 20 years later? Well, boy. <laughs> like, I think about that sometimes whenever they show those, like, pictures from planes where they're flying over some third world country that's never, ever, ever seen anybody else. And you see the natives down there, and they're all looking up going, What the hell is that? Bird or, you know, what Somebody's kind of about to poop on us. So, <laughs> so naturally, he started listening to us. He's like, how are you doing that with the sound bites and the music and the... How does that work? How did he find? How did I do anchor? anchor. So, out anchor there in British used Columbia, to be that community, just like you were Greenville, BC. How did he end up finding internet? Well, when when it, when he first started, he was buying CDs, and I don't know how he was broadcasting. There was like a little radio station that they used to House. have or something, and <laughs> he used to he used to play them so people could hear it. But in terms of it. his podcast, though. He started he doing his podcast, and, and like, a, a couple of years ago, they finally got internet. Oh, so he started doing it once they got internet, and Bef then he came across you, Bef and you got to hear the whole story. Before he yeah. got internet, he was broadcasting his CDs that he and him and his brother had bought. 
What an interesting Broadcasting thing, it know? on an old radio station that had been left docile. No one was using it. So he was like, okay. You tell me I can have it? Him and it? his brother they went like, over there and sure. started utilizing it and playing their CDs so people could be entertained. So they're in charge of this radio station? Pretty much. Do they yeah. play any of your content on there? Yes. Okay. They have the whole time. Can you please put me in contact with this dude? I would yes. Look, like, as you're telling me this, I'm going, Ronnie oh Samper, Greenville, like, to BC. be the media. Like, dude, this, you're, you're exploding my brain all night long. Because, like, for the longest time, I was just like, I'm going to be the media. I'm going to, I'm going to make the art that I want to see. I'm going to, I'm going to be the guy we who's going to have radio stations. I'm going to have, you know, the, the, the music production. You know, all the things where there's no top person who says no to stuff. You know, if, I, if, I, if I'm creating this thing. So that what you're telling me now is the fact that we, you are their programming. You are this peek into this outside world for these people. Like, you are a giving them a huge are. gift. A lot of us To are. British Columbia. If we're on Anchor, he's a <laughs> right? big, that awesome? he's a big supporter of people on Anchor that he knows. And, and he plays we, it. He, we sent him a he care plays package, his own a little banner series. and a fucking t-shirt, cannabis conundrum oh shirt. My, oh, oh, my God. We sent him some freaking Ziggy's pre-rolls, or not pre-rolls, but uh, cones so they can make their own. Cause we oh, God, this is going to end in, like, one minute. We Hold wanted on. to I'm get open Ziggy up a new out there in Canada. So she could sell her her cones. And your thought. And and we sent them to him so he could put them in the smoke shop to let people test them to see what they think. We will be back so you can uh, talk more with Awesome Sauce Radio and Cannabis Conundrum. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> Wowzers, what an incredible conversation with the foxes. Desert Fox, Foxy Lady, please listen to their podcasts. Listen to the Foxes' podcasts, Awesome Sauce Radio, and Cannabis Conundrum. They're some of just the most delightful people. And uh, as previously mentioned, I don't go back and listen to what I talked about in the episodes. So I have a, a good feeling we talked about Maria Humphreys, and sure enough, we, we shuffled Maria Humphreys into this episode. Thank you again, Superhero, for opening up the show. Thank you so much, Henry D. Horse, for your fun fact. And uh, Nick Tears from Mesmer and Braid is going to close us out here. Uh, and after that, if you want to stick around, you can listen to the Face Palm theme song by yours truly, C.E.C. Hi, this is Nick Tierce, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. It's a face palm, a face palm, a balm of calm, like a napalm bomb. It's a face palm, a face palm, crumbly malm of loamy alms. And how soon do you think you to, to do it again? It's a face palm, a face palm. Here it come, Alms playing Brahms and Prom. And how soon do you think you're to do it again? And the horns from Guam, Guam's the cable comes. Are the Grom Rom diatoms glom in their moms? It's a face palm, a face. 
face palm The book of psalms and rhymes and rhymes And how soon do you think you'll do it again?